0: when the sun goes down and the moon lights the sky i am there lurking in the shadows closet is starting to haunt you, starting to haunt you, broken hearts and broken sparks don't mean no one, you walk away from anyone who cares about you, in the past no one did, Think of you, but they're thinking about them Being open to being broken Optimistic to kill what you said
1: Stand at my grave and weep I am not there I do not sleep
0: Check us out on Facebook a
1: thousand winds that blow I am the diamond glints on snow I am the sunlight on ripened brain I am the gentle autumn rain Do not stand at my grave and cry I am not there I did not die Point number one of number one. on Facebook.
0: and today playing you the greatest hits of all time you're number one check us out on facebook
2: on Facebook.
0: you the greatest hits of all time. You're number one, number one. And now.
1: ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three,
0: two, one.
1: Check us out on Facebook.
3: Welcome to the Guilford Gazette podcast with me. I'm joined by All Right all-round good guy and Outlander cast member, Scott Kyle. Good evening, Scott. How are you?
2: Good evening. I'm very well. Thank you for asking. How are you doing?
3: I'm all right, but I can't really complain. The weather's garbage as usual and we've got COVID, which is disrupting absolutely everything, including football.
2: Uh, and that's you, no complaining. <laughs> <laughs> How's yourself today, Scott? Ain't eh, no bad. It's been a wee day in the house, so that's been quite nice. I've got loads of stuff. I'm, uh, I'm busy. I'm working on a book, the new. So I'm busy on that and everything else that goes on when you're when you're in the house when you are planning and not doing one thing, you end up getting distracted, don't you? Doing a lot of other things. So um, uh,
1: yeah.
2: busy, but trying not to be. <laughs> I
3: I know that. I, I, that's that's my life at work. That try to pretend I'm busy, with them am <laughs> Just avoid the boss. <laughs> Well, Scott Lucas, fantastic to have you on here. Uh, you're a well-known guy and a well-loved guy. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting you. You'll probably not remember, but uh, playing for the football greats, so I, uh, I had the pleasure of playing against you. So, it's great. Oh, I enjoyed that. that was, that's, oh. the,
2: those are the moments that uh, that you really you treasure, you know. I, I just wish I was playing in those matches when I was in my 20s. I'm now in my 30s. I played, uh, I played in a charity match uh, with Ali McCoy and Neil Lennon. And uh, 10 minutes before the end, Ali came up to me. And Ali was a hero growing up And they came up to me And he said uh, He said I need to go So I will only be here at the end He said But you've been the best player In the park by a mile big man And I'm like ah, Damn it <laughs> That'll <laughs> do <it>. 16 <laughs> or 26 even Do you know what I mean Like he's meeting me when I'm 36 <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, That's right It was brilliant To go and play there Do you know what I mean
3: It was to me I mean it had a, a massive impact in my life Because things Things were developing In my life at that time And obviously mm-hmm. At the end of it The lads actually signed a shot And gave me the shot, Which I've got framed behind me Just now So it had a massive impact on my whole life. So Scott, talking Outlander, I mean, what a fantastic show! How did you manage to get involved in that? It's a topic, isn't it? Um, I mean, the, the short,
2: the short version, uh, or short answer to that is, is an audition in Edinburgh. But the longer version is, fifteen years ago, got to college, you know, kind of, uh, and, and, and studying acting for three years, and then. Uh, coming out, running a theatre company for five years um, and, uh, and and kind of creating my own opportunities, essentially. I got a job in Angel's Share uh, with Ken Loach, which was a gift and a joy we to go and work with him. And uh, and then I got to work with the Academy Award-winning producers of The King's Speech uh, on a movie called Kajaki. And then yeah. uh, I got, a, I, think, I, think I, was doing a, I think I was doing a play at the Edinburgh Festival and I got a phone call from my agent saying, could you go in um, for an audition for Outlander? I'd already auditioned for another part in Outlander the year before when it, when it was like, it, 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 there was no footage available. So yeah. so I didn't even know what I was going into the first time. Run the second time, me and my wife sat and watched the whole of season one before, uh, before the audition. So I had a lot more prep and I kind of knew the world that they were filming and creating. So I kind of knew how to pitch it, you know, for going into the audition. And uh, again, long story short, it went well, and uh, and I and I got the part, and uh, and what what a five years of my life it's been. So, at the screens,
3: yeah, it's almost become cult status, hasn't it? I mean, it's it's got an unbelievable following, and people absolutely worship him. I really enjoy it, obviously, and I like the Scottish element to it, obviously. But I mean,
2: it's got cult following. Uh, I mean, the, the the supporters are incredible, but I suppose it makes sense if you think it's it's a huge, you know, a huge American TV show. Audience, and there is a lot of people um, from America that have got family or ancestors that have came from Scotland and other places. And that's why I think they're kind of tuning in. They're also, I mean, the books were written 25 years ago by Diana Gabaldon. So people have been reading these books for 25 years. And I think that's probably the big thing is that the... The people that've been reading the books, they know every character, they know every characteris characterism they're looking for. They, they, they kind of feel invested in it maybe more so than just watching any other TV show because in their mind they've been visualizing the characters and the the traits and the world for yeah. so long. So, so uh, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible. I mean, my wife and I the last five years. I mean, we were chatting about this uh, earlier on. Before, before COVID, we were we were, we were were all over the world. You know, like It's been incredible. We've been to Canada, we've been to France, Germany, um, um, been to America multiple times. And uh, and we had, we had a lot on this year. And obviously, a lot of it has been postponed till next year or the following year, depending on how COVID works out. But we, we've we kind of, to be honest, we've enjoyed COVID because we kind of needed a break. Yeah. You know that way, got something this big... I, I I kind of said to um, my wife that sometimes that's, roles like Outlander don't come along, you know, as often as you would like. So I said we are getting a chance to travel the world, and we just said said I, everyone, you know, the answer is always I. So uh, so so it's actually been nice to have a wee bit of downtime. Yeah, I
3: mean, obviously, your character Ross is is one of the actual characters from the original books as well.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that was it was nice. It was tr- we were trying to go through. You've got to Remember, the books we were written twenty years ago. There's plenty of them. So you're kind of going through um, probably a bit like the Game of Thrones, you know, there's massive amount of reading to do. So um, try, trying to find the bits where, where it's real. I mean, it's, it's worlds that Diana's built where there's, you know, lots and lots of characters here. So I want to find your character, find out what, what kind of personality traits, what kind of people would be interacting with, and trying to paint that world yeah. um, so, so that when you get the chance to go on screen, you you, can, uh, you, you get it right. But, uh, but I mean, it was it was probably of all the jobs I've done, when you when you walk into the world, like you imagine, you, you walk onto set and there's hundreds of men dressed as red coats, there's hundreds of men dressed as Highlanders. Uh, they've got the houses They've got. I mean, it looks as real as you could be. It's like going in, It's like going through time. It's incredible.
3: Uh, has there ever been a role that has there ever been a role that's deeply affected you personally and perhaps maybe even changed your 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 mannerism or your your permanent manner?
2: Um, I think uh, my, my wife said when I did Kijaki, um, I was playing a real a real person called Stu Pearson. Uh, Stu's a uh, paratrooper and in uh, in two thousand and six. He was in Afghanistan and he stood in a landmine. Uh, and the stories about his regiment and uh, and and the incidents that affected that day and how he lost his leg. Um, so there was a lot of swearing. Yeah. And when I came home, my wife said, "You've you've kept a lot of that swearing." So uh, so I was bringing the language. Just, just we were away for six weeks with the boys and it was it was like a football. Team, <laughs> do you know what I mean? We were away for seven weeks. <laughs> filming in the desert, you know, and and the, all the language you're using is incorporated into the movie because. The paratroopers, you know, they, they swear they swear a lot. So, uh, so that was bringing the authenticity to the role. So uh, that that was something. I mean, uh, I did sing in "I'm Not Billy's a Tim," which you know I played Billy. Yeah, that's right. Band, yeah. But, um, and, uh, and and stuff like that. Stuff. I mean, old firm games for me are very different because I mean I've, I've, I've grown up in Scotland. You know, I've grown up following the old firm, but because of the show, I've been to Ireland with the show. I've been to Republic island. Um, we've, been to, we've been to Belfast uh, we've, we've played the prisons you know we've been in schools we've done so much with that play so like the music when it comes on it takes me back to the stage show if that makes sense yeah so uh, and also we used to watch the old firm and we had to change all our lines and everything to make the show current so uh, so that 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 was a big big part and, and had a big impact um, on my on my life and Kajaki was huge because it's a true story you know I mean on the sixth of September is the anniversary of Corporal Mark Wright lost his life in the incident the, the movie de- depicts and uh, I'll never forget the sixth of September I always think of them I always think of the movie yeah um, and uh, and and you know kind of I, I, I learned a lot about the armed forces that I didn't I didn't know about you know or I didn't didn't know a lot of. Uh, of the history, or or, or really what, what what these guys go through and what they do, so that that was a big one. And out outlander, I suppose what I would say probably outlander is outlanders acting opened my world to open my eyes to to a world in Scotland and beyond Glasgow. If that makes yeah. sense, like I've been to the Outer Hebrides through, it, I've been to Aberdeen and Verness. You know, I I kind of know Scotland now on the basis of where the theatres are because I've toured for so long. So I know where the theatres are in the country. That's how I know the areas. So, so, so theatre opened my eyes, and going to college opened my eyes to Scotland. But Outlander opened my eyes to the world, because uh, we've been all over the world now, and we've got friends from all over through through the show. Um, and uh, and it has been truly been amazing. And uh, as I say, hopefully many more rolling. But um, you never know. I mean, it's such a big show. It filmed on our doorstep in Scotland. Um, we're just so blessed and lucky that it was here, you know. Yeah,
3: it's a beautiful drop, backdrop, isn't it? I mean, we are blessed to have such a wonderful country, you know. We can often moan about.
2: And I think that's it. They always say in the in in the show, you know, kind of the the, the Scotland is 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 essentially one of the characters in it. Do you know what I mean? The colours. You're filming the weather, you know, you kinda of fake that weather when that rain's built down. the you are freezing cold. Do you know what I mean? That's it uh, we we are lucky. I mean we we we're on set, we get things like we we get nice we hot water bottles, we get we um we things that go in your shoes and in your gloves to keep you warm. And uh, the poor extras are standing there in the freezing cold, <laughs> no even getting an umbrella in the rain, you know. We're so we, we're 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 blessed in many ways, um uh so so um so, yeah, but but it certainly played its part in the show, definitely.
3: So, for listeners who might not know about Outlander, how would you describe Outlander to them?
2: Um, I, I, I normally, you know, the, the easiest pitch I normally can say, it, it's the world of Braveheart uh, in a TV series. But there's much more to it than that because it's time travel involved in it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a nurse who essentially travels through time. She touches the standing stone and travels through time and finds herself back in the seventeen hundreds in Scotland and uh, has to kind of survive and find her way back home. Um, but it's uh, it's incredible. I love all the battle scenes and you know kind of the, the story's moving towards Culloden the whole way through. Yeah. So uh, yeah. she's aware obviously what happens in Culloden and she's trying to affect history. But um, it's just just amazing that, that you know it's, uh, the reason I say Braveheart is I think all those times growing up as a wee boy watching Braveheart, the sword fighting, fighting with the English, you know kind of the world that was depicted there, the the fun and laughter and all that stuff. And and I'm going that's 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 the bit of outline that I really really enjoy. But it's it's much bigger than that, you know what I mean? It's much bigger than that uh, because of the time travelling. But that's the bit that I was involved in. The the stuff in the 1700s is where I've been. I've been playing a Highlander, so I've enjoyed that. But there's, there's stuff, uh, you know, gonna, when they travel through time in different eras, which is very, very worthwhile watching.
3: I mean, what's the thought process and what's the, the process of work that goes into a battle scene? It must be unbelievable. There must be some conography uh, going on there.
2: It's. I mean, it's. It's such a huge process, uh, and and I've said this before. When you're working on a project like this, the nice thing is that they've got the budget to do things right. So I mean, we we when 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 most actors when they get you know asked in an addition. Can you horse ride? Can you sword fight? Everybody says yes to everything. You know they just want the Uh-oh. job. And um, on this, the whether you said you could horse ride or no, you went for horse riding lessons. They put you through it. And um, there was uh, there was sword fighting lessons. Uh, there was you know kind of battle coordination stuff. You 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 went in and the the, the stuntmen were all there. They coordinated your battle sequence that you were pre- preparing, and all the different hundreds of men were all doing the same. And then um and then you'd all, we'd all go into set and kinda of join all the pieces of the jigsaw together. So uh one of the one of the, the best battle scenes that I really enjoyed was at Preston Pans and um and the in the show. And then we actually filmed that inside a huge marquee, like the biggest marquee I've ever seen in my life, and they wow. filled it full of smoke and smog. So they were pumping all the kind of all the dry ice in essentially, and and it looks like a foggy morning on the moor and it is brilliant absolutely brilliant and that was just incredible to, um it, to be i mean the, the mud the mud in your feet you know kind of the horses are there the swords are swinging it, you feel that you've been transported through time it's I mean, I always remember the movie 300 with Jennifer Butler, and it's all green screen. I think that would be a hard movie to do because you have to imagine everything; nothing's there. Yeah. Whereas with Outlander, you've got it. The horses are there, there, the codes there. You know, kind of, it's so realistic, and you just find yourself in that world, and it's it's incredible. It's 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 real storytelling. It's nice to get yourself lost in a character and just go into a world. You know, it's absolutely amazing.
3: So obviously your character's Ross. How would you describe your character Ross? What's his quirks?
2: Uh well Ross is a blacksmith um and uh and he's not he's not a fighting man so if you imagine uh Ross is doing no bad in terms of the time he's got himself a trade um he, you know he's got he's got a mess he's no no family yet um and uh and the next the next minute the 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 clan the clan leaders essentially that own the land that you farm on come run and tell you you're going to war. So there's no, there's no decision. You don't have a decision in it. You know, you 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 go to war, or your family are off the land. Um, so so there's a nice scene in it where where uh, Ross and his best mate Kincaid can I say if something happens to me, you know, yeah. you can have look my after. stuff, and I, that's it. And you look after my. I family you and, sure. I, and and Ross has got he he makes a, a pack with Kincaid, and uh, so so Ross, as I say, he's got he's got Bess in the Croft, uh, but Kincaid's got got Marina in the six burns so Ross has got the wrong right end of the deal with that I'm not telling you what happens but obviously if it ain't, ain't bad it happened to Kincaid uh, Ross has got a, 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 a missus and a, and a, and six burns that he, he, he didn't have before he went to war so I uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, so I mean that, that, that was that was and it was nice as well because um uh, the, the temptation is when you go into projects like this, everybody goes very brave heart on it. Everybody turns into this big brave Highlander that wants to Murder Everybody and fight all the redcoats. And the <laughs> reality of war is very different. Do you know what, exactly. what I mean? The reality of War is very different. And the nice thing with this was, I knew that was I was going in and playing a blacksmith. So you know, kind of you, you, you used to making the the weapons, not necessarily running into battle with them. Um, and the and that was that was uh, a, okay. I, I, and I I liked playing the fear. I, I, find, I find playing the, the fear and the uncertainty and stuff more interesting than just playing brave. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, you've grew up as a wee boy, always playing...
1: You know,
3: the hero.
2: Playing the hero. It was nice to go into a thing and go, you know the hero, and what you're trying to do is survive and navigate a world in a war. So... Um, it, to me, it was more interesting than just getting in and being the, you know, the commander of the army, leading or something. I, I found it a bit more interesting trying to survive amongst the characters. I mean, there's a great scene where um, the character I play, Ross and Kincaid, are sitting by the fireside, and uh, and and Angus in the rupert. Essentially, start to instigate a fight, Aye. and it's, it's trying to, to <laughs> not get muddled by like people who, us, do you know what I mean? Like uh, in, in, in many ways, we've, we've all been in pubs in Glasgow uh, and similar things where you're, you're you're choosing your words and trying to think uh, smart and, and get yourself out of a situation. So, so there was st- stuff like that that I really enjoyed.
3: um So, who who would be your off stage hero and why? Who's your off stage hero?
2: Um, my offstage hero is is probably my wife. Do you know what I mean? I mean, she's she's a, an absolute angel on earth. Um, lovely bits, and I've I've known Karen, my wife, for twenty years. Um, and uh, and and uh, she 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 encouraged me to go to college. Um, helped me through college. Um, and uh, and uh, and probably brings it the best. I mean, put puts up with uh, auditions and dancing into next rooms and auditioning in rooms and recording. Uh, myself filming myself for tapes and stuff and, and things like this and that I'm a, a different room when dinner's due uh, to do interviews with good <laughs> folk like yourself. So there's there's loads of different but probably I I'd, I'd probably say that and and the other one would be uh, my mum who's who's brought me up a single mum and uh, raised me and my brother um working four jobs to make sure we didn't go with it. So uh, so yeah I'd say that that's that's the off screen heroes in my one.
3: It was a any it was this anything new in the pipeline that you you'd like to get involved in?
2: Um, I've got a kind of unique philosophy that I look at with projects. Is that I, I trust, I trust whatever you want to call it—the universe, God, Allah, Krishna, whatever you want to call it—I trust that the right roles will find me. And what I mean by that is that I, I wouldn't want to be casting things that I'm not right in just for the sake of having a job. I would rather bide my time and get the right roles. And then the stuff like just now, all the roles I've done, that I've chatted to you about. I'm very, very proud of them all and uh, and I'm happy to put them online and people to watch them um you know I'll go to the movies and see the stuff I'm doing because I think I'll, they're the right parts for me and uh I think that's it it's just trusting so I don't, I don't sit and wish you know I don't wish yeah. I don't wish James Bond but if it turned up alright, I would take it you just you just trust that the right roles will find you I think that's otherwise you can drive yourself insane do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because every time there's a cast in a new movie, you, you can find a way of convincing yourself in your mind that you would be a good match for something in it. And what, what I try and do when I go in is is trust the casting directors and trust the movie makers that um, they'll pick the right people. And if it's your, if it's your gig, then you get, they've got 100% faith in you. And uh, sometimes, a bit like probably an Outlander, there's certain scenes uh, where uh, where you're uh, you're the spear carrier and there's other, there's other scenes where you're the, the leader of the gang, and it's, it's it's understanding that and knowing that the day that you're a spear carrier, you're just as important to the guy that's been the leader of the gang that day, yeah. you know what I mean, and and at the same time, when you're the leader of the gang, you'll appreciate the spear carriers that are standing next to you, so there's an aspect to that, so so I, everything, you know, I'd love, I, I was I was going to be, there was a movie getting filmed in March this year that I was supposed to be doing in London, then I was doing a play, uh, and both of them obviously cancelled due to COVID, but... Uh, but that that they'd been really nice, but at the same time I have enjoyed the break, you know, so it's no poor me. I'm I'm very, very blessed and uh, and I've enjoyed the break, but that definitely itching to get back, you know, can I, I want to get through COVID same as the rest of the world yeah. and, and can I get, get some sort of life back, to be honest.
3: Obviously you played Clancy and Angel Short, but what was it like working uh, with Ken Loach? That must have been amazing.
2: Uh, I remember. I remember. I got the phone call. I was on. I was on the ferry. I think I was coming back from Belfast. Uh, we'd been playing, singing. I'm not Billy's at Tim in Belfast, and I got the phone call saying that I was going to be playing the 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 baddie in the new Ken Loach movie, and I was buzzing, absolutely buzzing. I, I'd watched Ken Loach's movies, you know, for, for Kez, all the way up to Sweet Sixteen, and uh, and you know, kind of was just was was one of those dreams that you wanted to work with Ken. And the nice thing, I, I, I still tell the story just now. In every project I've been on, I normally get the cast members to sign the script. You know, when they send you the script, I normally keep a nice, fresh coffee in the day a copy in at the end of the project to get them all to sign it. So I've got loads of Outlander scripts that are signed by all the cast. Um, but uh, on the Angel Share, we never got a script. Ken Loach kept everything a secret that you never got a full script. Wow. So you were going on to a movie playing the baddie and you didn't even know what scene you were filming that day. You'd no idea you were literally walking into something and you had no idea what the scene was going to be. You didn't know what the movie was about. It was uh, an incredible... And what I liked about it, when I spoke to I spoke to Ken, I did a lot of research as well. I was watching online a lot. I watched interviews with Robert Carlyle and stuff like that. And what Ken, Ken's method is, he said, in real life, you don't know what's coming. Uh, so what he likes to do is let, allow the actor to become the character And then he throws the character into real life situations. And your job as the actor, if you know your character well enough, is to react to that. So imagine it's your death scene, for example, right? So if I know this tomorrow I'm filming my death scene, I might overact a wee bit. I might milk it. I might play play the situation a bit longer than it merits because it's my last day. Whereas with Kenny, wouldn't he tell you? So you might be acting in a scene and one of their characters pulls out a gun and shoots you and the, the reaction on your face will be shock because yeah. you never you did know was it was coming exactly and, I, and I've, I really liked that I thought that's really good I, I, I really like that and at the same time I suppose working on Kijaki was the opposite where it was a, a true story you were representing real people who um in their regiment um and you know there was a court case involved with Kijaki, you know, gonna, um that the guys went through we were, we were basing our, our dialogue on transcripts and all that stuff from the court case so that was a very very different one but the freedom I did really love of the freedom of uh, of of the Angel share, um, it was great fun. If if you could have played any
3: character in Outlander, who would you have actually liked to have played? Who would you have loved which character in Outlander would you love to have played? <laughs> it's, it's
2: difficult. It's, it's difficult to see a character because when I think of the characters, I think of the craft that goes into the to the cast that make those characters. So I mean, what one of the actors I admire the most. Uh, is is Stephen Walters plays Angus, and Stephen's a good pal of mine. We've been to, we've been to Canada. We've done our Highlander fling in Canada. He comes to Glasgow every year. Um, you know, takes his me, you know, pictures when it's says wee boy's birthday and stuff like that. But uh, I sit and I, and I look at the craft that goes into it. What Steve, what Stephen does is that he's a very different type of actor to a lot of actors. And and one of the things that I, I've came from a stage background, so a lot of my acting I have to bring it down and make it smaller for the screen. I find that Stephen. Can do theater acting on screen, and no many. I don't know, and I don't know if it's his size or just his craft, but he can do a lot more with his hands, and he can he, he can add a lot of movement into something uh, that that I think if uh, when our other actors do it, it looks like you might be overacting. But you bring, he's just such a talent. But that so that's more Stephen. So I don't know if you know that's to answer your question. I don't know if uh, if I'm more thinking whose craft do I admire the most? Because I would say, you know, I mean, everybody on the show's ta- talented. i would say this, that everybody on the show is the best in the world, right? You wouldn't be there if you weren't the best in the world at your job because they've got enough money to pay yeah. the best in the world to be there. So if you're a cameraman, a sound guy, uh, you know, the leads, uh, the supporting cast, the extras, you're the best or you wouldn't be there. So so you, you, everybody's great is what I'm meaning, but... But for me, Stephen, uh, he stands out, you know. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know. I always fancied. I liked column you know that yeah. Colin played by Gary Lewis. I, I would like if I was a bit older. I, I liked it, and and I, I remember speaking to uh, Ira, Ira Stephen Bear. Ira was one of the producers on it when I was on the show. Uh, he was there think, for season one and two. I don't think he continued on after that. But um, but uh, Ira said that he would have liked to have stayed in Scotland longer and explored the world more and explored the characters. And I think that's a brilliant idea. I would love to have yeah. found out a lot more about Column. I'd like to, you know, Graham McTavish's character as the, the warlord. I'd like to have known a wee bit more about uh, the world. You know what I mean? I'd like to have seen them go away. I'd like to have wee breakouts and just went away and followed those characters for a while. But obviously, there's a story and it's, 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 the, it's the two leads that you're going through it with, with Catriona and Sam that are playing the, the leads. So that's essentially who the cameras follow through the story. But uh, I would like to explore the world.
3: Do you ever watch the show back and watch yourself and judge yourself on your your what you're doing?
2: I, I do 100%. I know, again, a lot of actors that don't. Uh, Stephen Walters had never seen Outlander when we were going to <laughs> Comic-Cons and he hadn't even seen the show. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe where that comes from in terms of whether you would or you wouldn't. I I, I like to think that Stephen's uh, Steven's just more busy than me. That he's not got time to look back on <laughs> the next project. But um, but I, I like uh, I like to watch it to see because because obviously like I would say sometimes I'm working with kids and I'm doing workshops with students and I'm and uh, and and I'm saying you've got to feel it. But also you know, you the actor have got to feel it. But at the same time, me the audience, I've got to feel it as well. And sometimes that can be very different uh, between what, what you think is, is being portrayed, uh, what you think is coming across, and, and what is actually coming across can be very different things. So, so, um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's um, that's something I try and tell the kids is that um, sometimes you've got to put put even more, even more. Sometimes the movements have to be bigger, or the emotion has to be more, and at the same time, sometimes you have to pull back. So that's why I like to watch. I like to watch and go, "Am I happy with that?" But I know loads of people aren't happy with watching themselves, that's why they don't. No matter yeah, what they yeah. see, no matter how good people think they are, people go, on. Oh, I hate that, I hate my voice, I hate this, I hate that.
3: <laughs> Just think, criticize yourself for the whole thing. <laughs> that's
2: what I would do. I would yeah. <laughs>
3: Obviously. Everyone does it. Do you have a sort of pre-show ritual? Is there something you do that's different? Do you go off somewhere and maybe sit with a book before you go on on set? Or
2: I I listen, I listen to kind of meditation and stuff. I go very quiet. I try wow. and you know, I try I try, and, try and get the outside world away, and and I do that when working with kids. When I'm doing the workshops with the kids, I try and prepare them uh, mentally. You know, kind of essentially, essentially a wee bit pro and actors, a bit like a firefighter in many ways. Is you're, there's a lot of sitting about and waiting about, and you need to be able to jump into action when they when they call you. So you could be sitting about for eleven hours, and then in the eleventh hour you jump in and you're doing a death scene. Do you know what I mean? You've got to be able to do that, and a lot of that is about your mentality and your strength of mind. And uh, and so I, I like to clear my mind, uh, and uh, and kind of and kind no, I don't like to sit on my phone. I don't like to be on social media when you're on set or anything. Um, it's the same way preparing for a theatre show, uh, I like, like if it's a theatre, I like to lie in the empty theatre before people come in. And just kind of take in the energy yeah. of you know of people that have walked on the stage before you and stuff, um, and uh, and try you know I, I, I'm a I'm, my wee mantra is make me an instrument of your piece you know make me make this story come through me. It's not me and my ego that are doing the job. It's actually coming through me. I'm just a puppet. That's the way I like to look at it. As you're just a vehicle. you have being used to help tell the story. So um, so because if you're out there with your ego and you fawn your bum. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, very hard to back, back, up. back up You know what I mean So I like the idea of uh, of just trusting A higher power that you're being you're being guided Like Lionel Messi when he scores He points up to the sky He knows that he can't be that great There's got to be a higher power but... uh, There's someone <laughs> <That's> better than me <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so...
3: Obviously I think your first role Was in Stephen Greenburn's Passing Places I, I believe be... that's first acting role
2: Yes, I loved passing places. I absolutely absolutely loved it. Um passing but I did that's my first role at college, um, and I played Alex, uh, who's one of two lead protagonists in the story. And uh, and Alex is a lad a, a local lad from Motherwell, never really been out of motherwell. And uh, and in many ways I kinda of felt going to college was, was my passing place. Alex goes on a journey in a car up to Thurzl in Scotland so he, he, steals a, he steals a surfboard with his pal, they borrow a ladder and they're getting chased all the way up to Thurzl uh, be a crazy gangster uh, boss because of have stole his surfboard at his shop and on the way they meet some amazing and weird and wonderful and interesting people and they start to open up their mind and they, and they broaden their horizons and for me that, that, that was going to college for me so I, I was playing that part while I was broad and in my horizons and while I was opening my mind and meeting new people you know I went to college and you know meeting people from you know different countries different sexualities you know kind of loads of different things going on and to be honest we boy for Glasgow I hadn't really experienced that at my school and stuff like that so it was more getting kind of into college it opened up my, my eyes and obviously touring as well Scotland I did a lot of touring as well so that was the same but absolutely love passing places
3: Obviously, as a Scotsman, is there any Scottish actors that truly inspire you that you've looked up to and thought outstanding?
2: Well, my my favourite movie is The Rock with Sean Connery. I absolutely love The Rock, um, so uh, you know, kind of big, big, big fan of a big Sean, um, and uh, and the folk like like uh, like Robert Carlyle. But there's also there's there's loads of actors that um, on the stage that inspire me There's an actor. Andy Clark, I don't know um, if, you, if you came across Andy. Andy does a lot of stage stuff. He was in River City playing the doctor for a while, but he's an amazing actor. But he's more stage. Do you know what I mean? And I love going to going to the theatre and seeing seeing amazing stage actors um, because it's a, it's a it's a an amazing craft. Um, the TV and film stuff is 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 a very different skill and it's a very different um, craft. But uh, it's, I mean it's they're equal they're they've equally got their good bits and their bad bits. Um, and and I, you appreciate everybody's craft as I say. You know, kind of like Stephen Waters, a very very talented actor. So I see. I'd see Big Sean, but I find, I find a fan, a fan of Big Sean, um, and um, yeah, 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 yeah. And and I say that maybe the theatre actors in Scotland has a huge amount of talent. I, I folk in Scotland.
3: Yeah, well, we're blessed, aren't we? We are blessed. We sometimes we we, we forget it. You know, mm-hmm. Scott, that we we have, not only do we have a beautiful country, we have some fantastic directors, we have some fantastic actors that just shine out. there. Sean Connery's one for me, obviously mm-hmm. uh, Robert Carlyle as well. Mm-hmm. What what advice would you give to any young people or a medical it's,
2: it's it's advice that um that I practice as part of my meditation stuff and it's infinite patience produces immediate results. Um if you can if you can master that um you won't go far wrong. And and it kind of falls in back to what I was saying about the right roles will find you. You know, if you've got infinite patience, you know, then you'll get the immediate results because you you're just trusting that the rules the rules will find you. Um you I mean, you can work hard and never work hard in your craft, but um, what you do end up is ch- chasing the wrong roles, getting cast in the wrong yeah. films, and then you're immortalised on screen in performances you're not happy with. You know, there must yeah. Be nothing worse than that. Watching a rack of movies that you didn't like, didn't really enjoy doing, and don't want anybody else to see. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be the nightmare. <laughs> <laughs>
3: if you could find three words to describe you as a person, which three words would you use?
2: Um,
3: that's a killer, that's isn't it? a
2: killer because, uh Cause I'm 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 trying I'm thinking of things I might say and then my wife will be in the backyard going aye right you know thinking of she like, get the dishes done you
3: know for uh, <laughs> three words to describe you and well we'll see if we can hear them
2: <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> she might have a, a different amount um I, I don't know I probably know what I'd describe myself what I'd maybe like uh, somebody to thought of me is as, is uh, as loyal uh, trustworthy and kind you know what I mean that that would be what I'd, I'd like. Uh, like somebody to maybe put on my gravestone.
3: <laughs> I think mine would say, say rest in peace, but <laughs> if, he's here, if, he, if he was here on time, that would be mine. I'd still be late. <laughs> now, looking at sort of the filming, mean, so you must have a, a favourite film, you know, it's The Rock. So you obviously have a favourite musician or favourite music. What sort of music do you like?
2: Um, I, I love a bit of Bruce Springsteen. So, wow. and again, probably because he's a storyteller, so all these yeah. songs are, are great storytellers. I got a, a very varied, interesting music. I, I, I grew up with a single mum, so a lot of my music taste was my mum's taste, so Rod Stewart and all this kind of stuff. And then, oh. and then I went to what well, I worked night shift in the supermarket while I was at college, and um the guys used to hear me singing in the fruit and veg aisle, and they'd come running and say, What is this crap you're singing, Scott? And I'd go, like, That's my mum's <laughs> CD collection. And then uh, they came running. <laughs> they would give me maybe the Rolling Stones or a Bruce Springsteen, and they they, they opened up my uh, my catalogue of music that I didn't interest in, because literally I was just listening to the CDs my mum had, you know, kind of. So uh, so uh, I like Bruce Springsteen. I've been to see him a few times. Oh wow.
3: I grew up in a wee place called Cumbernauld, and it was something similar. My 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 dad's CDs were shocking. I grew up with <laughs> with Marty Robbins and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you know. But it, I'm a musician myself, so it had a, a major effect on me, and it, it kind of. The Beatles and all that sort of stuff, but I, I, as a little rebel from Cumbernauld, I decided, you know, I'm into Pink Floyd and all ah, that. Was and my no, dad
2: see, hated. yeah, like Pink Floyd, for example. When I when I get introduced to Pink Floyd, uh, I think my brother was sixteen. He was starting to date lassies and I don't know if he was starting to smoke a bit of uh, interesting cigarettes. I'd uh, lie <laughs> I, I in my bed, and my brother would listen to The Division Bell. And I hated it. Uh, I, hated I didn't. It. But see, now as an adult, I love it. I Absolutely love the division bell. <laughs> but but as as a, a kid trying to get sleep for school in the morning, you know, I he's s- sitting listening to the ringing of the division bell. <laughs> like, oh, what is this? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, but now as an adult, I, I appreciate it man.
3: What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you? What's the kind of most mentalist thing that you can look back and go, "Oh, well, that was a bit mental."
2: Um crazy and mental. I was in a car crash. I come off my motorbike. Um they they're kind of I suppose crazy in, in many ways Were um like uh, I was in a car crash, a taxi hit me uh, on the nose dead on. I did a three sixty spin Oof. and um and the the, the the airbag came out and stuff like that, and uh, and you know that way you could smell the smoke. You were all, you'd, all the all the movies you'd watched where a fa- where the guy gets locked in the car and it goes on fire, you start panicking. Couldn't get out the door at first, you know. Um, so uh, that's what I mean. That that's but that was a bit crazy. Uh, see my own my 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 motorbike. I used to have a bike. That I went to college on. Um, and I worked the night shift, and one day I was I was going through a roundabout, and it was one of these wee kind of flat roundabouts. So that makes sense. Many roundabouts. And uh, I went through, and somebody came to my left uh, and cut my back wheel, uh, and I just wobbled and crashed. And uh, my biggest worry, I was only I was only third party insured. My worry was if the driver didn't stop, I wouldn't have got my bike fixed. Uh, that, <laughs> thankfully, they, they stopped. You know that that funny thing of you just come off a motorbike, the, the, the thing you're worrying about is whether the guy's going to stop. So yeah, you know. so I get my bike fixed. Aye, so, um, <laughs> so I suppose I suppose they've they've been kind of. Um, they, they were kind of mad things. I mean, one of the scariest things in my life was uh, when we were filming Kijaki and the, the helicopters were coming down. So what, what we were doing, we were working with the Jordanian uh, army who were basically bringing in the helicopters and they were bringing them down. The the the, the Jordanian soldier would then kind of abseil down onto the, onto the, the set, which is the minefield, and they would airlift uh, some of the cast members up. But the the helicopter was coming down so low, and we're in the desert. You couldn't breathe or see or anything. You were just breathing in sand, uh, and, and and you can you know there's a helicopter like maybe twenty feet above your head. You know and you're worried that imagine something. <laughs> lying, you know, so that was, I mean, that, that was surreal and, and, and terrifying. Uh, uh, t- t- and there was a, but at the same time, after we filmed these scenes, there was a huge russia. You know, a real buzz amongst everybody on the ground. Like, wow, that was amazing. Do you know what I mean? It was scary at the time, you know, a helicopter right above you. I mean, the noise it as well, you know, like, geez, oh. Man. <laughs> I
3: could imagine mm-hmm. that. So, Scott. Everybody has one. Do you have a wee celebrity crush? Is there that you think well, she's quite... Tidy. Uh, my
2: celebrity crush growing up was Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, oh Buffy, I, uh, Buffy, I really like Buffy. Tidy. That was uh, that was uh, in, in many ways uh, to call it. Um, Karen's a a stunning blonde as well. So uh, so I kind of that was that was probably my 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 kind of crush when I was a wee boy, you know. Kind of, and then uh, I met Karen at sixteen. So. Um, she she won. I killed that. She <laughs> uh, won.
3: Have you ever been? Have you ever been like starstruck? Is it, has there ever been a time where you've sort of like bumped into an actor and thought, "Oh my god!" You know, and just got complete starstruck.
2: Um, I, I I don't know about starstruck. I mean, I, I remember going to probably my footballers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember going to uh, going to meet the, the the football players and stuff. And as a wee boy, I got, I got up my 40 team with Ali McCoy and and Grief Sport. Uh, I think I was sixteen at the time. And that's why thirty-six years later I managed to play alongside Ali and, uh, and, and I got my, my we recreated a photo that we would taken twenty years ago. And uh, and that was pretty incredible. Um I mean I'm trying to think. I mean I met William Shatner on a lift in uh, in America when, when and, and he was following me on Twitter at the time. Do you know kinda um, so that, oh. that was that was incredible. Um,
3: Cult hero. <laughs>
2: um, um Jack O'Connell, um, I had a night out with Jack uh, Done in London Went to see my mate's uh, girlfriend in a play Jack had just finished filming the movie 71 where he's playing a, a Soldier and he gets, gets away from, He gets separated from his unit in uh, Northern Ireland, I had done Billy and Tim In Northern Ireland so we had a lot to chat there Um When I I went to, uh, we were in Dublin and we'd done the Fringe. I won the Stage Best Actor Award at the Fringe in 2010. And we'd met Kevin Bridges just before Kevin was really, really big. Uh, We'd met him and him and John Bishop came to see the show. Um, And when I won the award, Kevin phoned me and he said, come down, we'll get a drink. And I went down to the piano bar in, in Edinburgh. And Kevin was there, John Bishop was there, Alistair McGowan, all these comedy heroes and uh and I'd and been invited done and Kevin said to me, These are my heroes. I'm like, God, I'm standing next to you, Kevin. All <laughs> uh, and then when we went to we were in Dublin doing Billy and Tim. And uh, we were on the Friday night, and I looked at the what's on, and Saturday night was Kevin Bridges, and I phoned him. I phoned him the week before it because I was in Dublin. I was there early leafleting, trying to promote the bloody show. It wasn't selling because Kevin Bridges was on, on Saturday night, and we were on the Friday. <laughs> um, and, uh, I no. and I said, "Guess where we are?" I, said, I don't know. I said we're in Dublin, and they said, "He said, brilliant, we'll get a night out." I said, "Oh, him on Saturday morning. We're here. We've we've been here for four weeks promoting the show, doing all the TV and all that stuff, and then." We're going him on a Saturday morning. He says you need to stay on. We we'll got a night out, so we stayed on. We, he got his uh, into the kind of VIP seat. So we went and watched the show and had a night out with, with, uh, with Kevin Bridges. We got to meet the Queen this year. That was it. we went to the garden okay. It was pretty cool. So, um, but I don't know about Starstruck, but it, there, there there is a there is a magic about about uh, about certain people. You know, certain people have got a real charisma about them and an energy about them that is it draws you in. You know, I'd imagine when people used to say Elvis or Muhammad Ali had it. You know, can I? Th- th- there yeah. is some magic that certain people draw it's, you it's... to them. Do you know what I mean? There is a certain energy. Um, so, um, so yeah, I can I can totally identify and understand why people can get starstruck. Do you know what I mean? I, I think if I met Bruce Springsteen, you'd like to think you'd be cool and have a. A beer, but at the same time, I think I'd just be sitting there pinching myself. Um, so, uh, William Shatner walked past somebody was in your company. Bear in mind, we were at a comic con, so at that moment, in other people's eyes, I'm a big star, right? And somebody says, William Shatner walked past, and I was like, I'm going to go and see him because he follows me on Twitter. So, I got up and I bolted a line, I went up to the lift. And uh, and he was in he was just getting in the lift with his management, and I stopped the lift and I said, Hi Mr. Shatner, my name's Scott Kyle, I'm an outlander, you know, blah blah. I'm chatting away, and then I said, Look, is there any chance of a wee picture? And uh, and he, 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 said, he said No, 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 pictures us new, whatever. And uh, his management kind of like, right, they shut the door and went away, right? And I was like, i oh, was have cause it would have been nice to have actually got a chat to him. Uh, and uh, later on that night the hotel manager came up to me because the Comic-Con was in full flow then. And he's like, Mr. Coomish, I'm really sorry. So I was in the lift today with Mr. Shatner. I said, we didn't understand what you were saying. You were sh- speaking so quickly. You were s- we thought you were from the, outlet, the Outlands <laughs> in Scotland. We didn't know it was you. And I was like, oh, geez. I was like I've obviously, I, I've, I've obviously <laughs> been thinking I'm playing it cool, but I must have went up with machine gun fire saying, oh, Mr. Shatner, it's me. We talked talking <laughs> <fire." laughs> So, so uh, maybe, I, maybe I was starstruck then. I don't know. Um, but I, I didn't think I was, but in hindsight, maybe I was.
3: Uh, as Kevin Bridges said, didn't quite catch what you said. Quite a thick scotch <laughs> accent you got there. Well, <laughs> Look, I always ask guests of all my guests, if you were trapped in an elevator, who would you most like to be trapped with and who would you least like to be trapped um, with? Would
2: it be alive or dead? Um, I, I mean, if, it was, I, if it was dead, it would probably be... Um, my my guru is Wayne Dyer. Uh, Wayne's a, he's called the 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 god the, the godfather of motivation in America. Um, I actually got to meet Wayne. I met him at the SECC. Um I had played the SECC with Billy and Tim, and a couple of years later, to give you a, a background on it, I used to listen to Wayne Dyer's motivational and meditation stuff every night in the night shift. Uh, he really helped me um, prepare for for acting. He, he's who I listen to when I'm doing the meditation a lot, and I was blessed that uh, I went to see him. He's a speaker who does talk, so I went to see him in the SECC, uh, and uh, and I came outside for lunch uh, at one point, and um, he, he'd he been speaking in the morning, so he was long gone, but in the afternoon I was standing outside, and he walked across the SEC bridge towards me, and I just said, how are you doing and stuff, and I managed to get a chat with him. He was coming back in for a book signing, which I didn't know, so I managed yeah. to I got a, a wee chat with him outside, which is really nice, and uh, I probably would have liked to have spent a wee bit more time uh, chatting with him, because we had a similar story uh, his dad took off when he was younger and so did my dad and his one of his stories he told was how he forgave his dad he said he got to his dad's gravestone and he and he was he said he was going to piss on it and he said it and just it just hit him and he just said who am I to judge you and I walked in your shoes nah. you know you're only a young boy yourself when they took off and, and they abandoned these kids and that helped me because it's been 30 years since I'd seen my dad Connected. And the the story Wayne Dyer told, I kinda used I kinda used the same principle that who am I to judge my dad? Do you know what I mean? Um I we was sixteen yeah. when he got married to my mum, they were kids, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't like somebody to be sitting judging me on on, on my teenage years. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So 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 that so, uh, so that would probably, probably would be, be that, that. And, and the and the worst person, um uh it would probably be not, not it be horrible. Is it Joe Pasquale that's got the wee squeaky voice that this comedian?
3: oh my god I couldn't I handle I five minutes in the room with,
2: with, with if I was in the <laughs> he was too chatty I think I would maybe struggle struggle with, struggle with him
3: use that uh, banging he You said draft I'm sure he's a nice
2: fella just just watching on TV I'm going uh, I don't know if I could put up with that that, uh, that, that, voice maybe for, for hours and hours but who knows he might be say the same about me
3: <laughs> I, think, I think if I was trapped in the elevator I'd hope it was an elevator yeah, engineer yeah, was trapped yeah.
2: with <laughs> <laughs> Say handy.
3: You, you Oh, an engineer <laughs> <laughs> I think the least for me Would probably be I-, I got the MP Because every time I hear me speak I, I, I cancel dental appointments Because I think I can just uh, draw my own teeth it, it a lot that less paid um, uh, So, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure And I- I've been honoured to have you on the show I can't thank you enough for taking time at your busy schedule To to talk to but it's a very small cast with a big idea. Uh I've thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyed my talk with you. Is there any song oh, I
2: can play for you? Any song? Um I don't know what you've got in front of you, so I'll give you a couple. So um uh, anything from Bruce Springsteen, big fan of that. Or uh or Rod Stewart the Motown song. I like Rod Stewart's Motown song, so uh either of them that's a cracking. That's a great
3: song line that up. Please. Well, Scott, thank you very much for taking your time out. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful evening, and I look forward to seeing no you again worries. on the big screen. Thank you. Take care. Take care.
2: Right. Much love. Right. Bye-bye. And yourself, big
3: man.
4: To myself, saw my reflection in the window. Know yeah. my own face, oh brother. Yeah. Gonna leave me wasting away on the streets of fear. is the rain.